brought to you by the WZIP sports team. This is Sports Power Talk Overtime. Featuring in-depth interviews. Someone brings a video up and was like, hey, look at this. And we all kind of watch it. And to be honest with you, we all just kind of like chuckled and, and just <laughs> thought nothing of it. Exclusive original content. They do need Austin. Every Theory. brand needs Austin. That's no. why SmackDown won. That's why SmackDown won. Because <laughs> oh, yeah. they got Austin Theory. And of course, the hottest takes. Kings Celtics. Okay. If we see Kings Sixers, I'll sell my dog. <laughs> Man, you heard it here first. Mitch Bates is going to sell his dog. So get ready because it's time for SPT Overtime. Hello, everyone. We are back with another edition of Sports Power Talk Overtime for the first time since June of 2023. Hockey Talk is back in the SPT Overtime realm. My name is Casey Rush, and I'll be I'll be leading this glorious podcast. We have a one of our newest members of WZIP here joining you, and her name is Corey Hahn. Corey, welcome. Nice, thanks, Casey. How excited are you for your first Hockey Talk episode? I'm honestly pretty excited. It's been a while since I've been able to talk with hockey about someone. I mean, I have my family, of course, but it's, you know, it's a little more fun to get to talk to someone my own age about hockey. Oh, yeah, absolutely. Yeah, especially with my parents. They're huge hockey fans as well. They used to go to a lot of the Cleveland Lumberjacks games back when they existed. Now we just go to monsters games we have a whale of a time up there my family's going to the monsters game tomorrow hey there you go i can't go sadly but i'm gonna be watching hey that sounds good all right so the main reason why we're talking about hockey here today is the all-star break going on right now up in toronto at scotiabank arena and of course before that we're gonna go over some breaking news around the nhl including NHL going back to the Olympics, huge trades that have been happening then and there. But first, we're going to talk about our teams because I'm a Pittsburgh Penguins fan and you are an Edmonton Oilers fan. We're going to go over our teams and evaluate their performance going into the All-Star breaks. So, Corey, if you would like to go first about your Edmonton Oilers, how, how have they been? The Edmonton Oilers have actually been doing wonderfully. When I did last day the sports podcast, they had a streak of 14 wins. I think they're still working on that streak. I'm not sure, quite sure what the number is now, but they are slowly climbing up the Pacific Division. They are third overall. They are working pretty hard, and they are, I think, about like sixth overall in the entire Western Conference. Yep, they are. They are indeed sixth overall in the Western Conference. And by the way, the winning streak is 16 games. They are currently sitting at 6 in the West with 59 points in 45 games played. As in the wild card standings, they are currently they are currently the number 3 seed in the Pacific behind Vancouver and Vegas. So they are actually in a pretty good spot. I wish I could say the same for the Pittsburgh Penguins cuz the Penguins have been <laughs> on a roller coaster the last 4 months. Like they would go on a toward hot point streak and then they would just collapse near the end of games and then go on a losing streak then and there and i've said it before on these airwaves during sports power talk over time and especially during sports power talk in general that roller coasters are great for amusement parks not sports the penguins can and the penguins they can't even blame the goaltending this time because tristan jari is in the league's top 10 when it comes to goals against average and in shutouts, because Tristan Jari is actually tied for first with Thatcher Demko and Connor Ingram with five shutouts each. And he's also in 10th with a goal against average of 2.53. So Jari's been doing pretty well, and he's shown that he's earned that contract. And on the other side, you got Parma, Ohio product, Alex Nedeljkovic. He, he's in the top 10 in save percentage. He's 7th in the league at .918. So between Jari and Nedeljkovic, you can't even point the finger at both of them because they're both doing doing very well. The problem is 
they are not very good at filling up the score sheet themselves. Because while the because while Jari and Delkovich are doing their best to keep the score sheets for the other team empty, the Penguins haven't figured out how to fill up their own score sheet. Because their power play is abysmal. It's the second worst in the league, being only above Chicago, which is embarrassing. And their penalty kill is not very good. They're in the middle of the pack in 12th. They're near the bottom in, ter- in terms of scoring, just in general. Not just on the power play, in general. But the only reason why they're still in contention is, I pretty much say the same for the Pittsburgh Steelers, it's their defense. Like, they are they are the third best team when it comes to goals against. Like, the team is only as good as their weakest link. And their strongest links are the defense, which you could definitely enjoy with Chris Letang. And it's not the goaltending that's the weak link because Jari and Adelkovich are performing out of their minds. It's the offense. And it makes sense since they're the oldest team in the league. They don't have any center depth at all. And it's a shame, too, because Sidney Crosby and Genny Malkin, they are... They're trying their best to keep the Penguins afloat, and it's just not working. What do you have to say about the Penguins or anything? The Penguins have kind of sucked. Yes, they, they have. Ha- they haven't done that great. No. I I can – as said in one of the old podcasts on that I did, um, they're just kind of there. They're not really contributing anything. They're not really high scoring. No. They're not doing great overall with their players. There have been a lot of penalties recently with the Penguins games. They're just kind of there. They're not really adding anything currently, and it's kind of sad. Yeah, it's very sad. I wish there was a time where the Penguins could once again become the envy of the league, kind of like how the Kansas City Chiefs, they they turned into anti-hero in four years' time. But, yeah, it's not going to – I don't think it's going to happen very soon with the Penguins. And speaking of which – we talked about the Penguins, their struggles, and the Oilers, their high with a 16-game winning streak. And being one of the cap- having captains of the All-Stars. Yep, we'll get to the All-Stars break here shortly. But I added this question, and I asked, what do our teams need to do in order to get into the playoffs? And I didn't know which team you rooted for as I was timing this outline because I s- – because I'm sure Pat, if he was here, he's going to be going off on the Blue Jackets. But with you, not so much. You have something to celebrate over there in Edmonton. Yeah, we have our, again, we have our 16-win streak. We are doing wonderfully. Like I said earlier, as long as we keep this up, we have been slowly climbing in the Pacific Division. Yes, you have. We are right on the tail of the Golden Knights. And then we're not too far away from the Vancouver Canucks. Well, while there is a pretty high gap, the point scored for the Vancouver Canucks is about 71, and the Oilers have 59. Yep. We've had some pretty high-scoring games. Yep. And like I said, we have a 16-win streak. If we keep this up, we could be at the top of the Pacific Division any day. So how do you think you can keep up the consistency? How do you think the Oilers can keep it up? I really think, even with the All-Star break games, we really need to keep our first line going. Our yes. center... Connor McDavid, love the man. He has been doing amazing. He has been scoring goal after goal. He has been on top of it. I really think we need to keep the first line in there, keep rotating it out with the top six mm-hmm. and the bottom six. I think we just need to keep going our rotation. But what they figured out this year, I don't know what they did differently, but in the past years they haven't done as great. This came out a little bit out of nowhere. Yeah. And you know what? I'm pretty happy with it. Yep. I can't say the same about the Pittsburgh Penguins because, as I mentioned earlier, the team's weak points are on offense, especially on the power play, like I mentioned, second worst mm-hmm. in the league. And the defense and goaltending, as I mentioned, they're fine. The Tristan Jari and Alex Nadelkovich you don't have to deal with during the offseason. The offense, as I mentioned, needs to find ways to, scope, to fill up the score sheet, not just on the power play, regularly, five-on-five, mm-hmm. five, especially on five-on-three. You haven't been scoring on those. And it doesn't help, as I mentioned, this roster is the oldest in the league, an average age of 30, of 30 years even. It's not, they're not built for death right now. What happened in 2016, 2017, that's done. You're not going to be able to I don't think you're getting that back that. anytime soon. No, we're I don't, not. I think, 
I think the age of the penguins is over unless a miracle happens. But it definitely won't be this season, if anything. It's not. Yeah, any magic that Mike Sullivan and Todd Reardon had, they no longer it no longer worked. Cause, but hope, but there is some hope since the Penguins did have a bye, starting because the last time they played a game was January twenty seventh against Montreal. Mm-hmm. It was a overtime victory over the Canadiens, and hopefully, Sullivan and Reardon had a talk and asked themselves, how can we fix this team with what they had? Because this team is no longer going to contend for a Stanley Cup because they're basically just going to be playoff con- – they're just basically going to be fringes of playoff contention until they actually end up finding some more passion that they had in 2016. And the sooner the Fenway Sports Group, who owns the Penguins, realizes that, the sooner the Penguins can return to being the envy of the league. The problem is you can't really rebuild with this team since – the majority of the roster either has albatross contracts or they're basically in a glorified no-trade clause. So, yeah, I'm looking forward to seeing the Pittsburgh Penguins being mediocre for a pretty long time. Mm-hmm. I'll probably end up having kids the next time the Penguins end up making the playoffs. Yeah, and we're, we're both pretty young, so that, that'll be a while. It's going to be a long time for the Penguins to become relevant again. That 16-year streak of going to the playoffs – I hope you had a very good time, Pittsburgh, because it's going to be a long time before the Penguins return to relevance. You mentioned the Stanley Cup, so who do you think the Stanley Cup contenders are? I was just about to get into that. So I asked Corey and I what teams looked like Stanley Cup contenders, and we'll go back and forth through each list, and we'll see if we have any repeats. First one I have is quite a shocker for this year, the Vancouver Canucks. Because they, they have 71 points. Them and the Boston Bruins are tied at 71 points, but in the President's Trophy standings, Vancouver has the advantage with two more wins, with 33 and Boston is 31. And where did this come from? Because if you recall, they fired their head coach in the middle of the season last year and they had that was big hockey news man i did not see that coming i remember i opened my phone up because i got a notification from the nhl and i saw the vancouver canucks had fired and i'm just like had fired bruce boudreau i think it was and And i guess it was for the better because look at them now look at them now because now the vancouver canucks are the top team in the league right now and we have, and you got a roster of great players with J.T. Miller, Elias Pettersson, Brock Besser's been having one of the best years, and Quinn Hughes, who is one of the captains in the All Star, in the All Star game. We'll get over that in a bit. But in in between the pipes, you have Thatcher Demko, top ten in every goalie category, especially with goals against average, save percentage. And he's one of the three men I mentioned tie for first in shutouts with Connor Ingram and Tristan Jari. The Vancouver Canucks have just looked like absolute contenders. And I look forward to seeing them in the postseason. And I will say this, Vancouver, if you blow this again, I don't think the Vancouver Skyline's going to recover because the riots are going to be 10 times worse than they were in 1994 and 2011. You better keep it going. So what's the next contender on your list? The Colorado Avalanche. Mm-hmm. They have been – they are the top of the Central Division with 67 points and 49 games played. So they that makes them, I believe, like third. Third yep. overall in the NHL because mm-hmm. I'm, count- I'm counting the Canucks and Bo- Boston Bruins as one and two. Even yep. though they're technically tied, it's it's kind of difficult to have a one. And- so if we're counting them both as one, they're the second team. If we're counting one, two, and three, they are the third team in the division. And they have been doing pretty well for themselves. They're on a win streak of three. Mm-hmm. Um, they, I think they have a game tonight Yep. that I think I'm going to tune into. Uh, the, you mean the Colorado Avalanche? No, they don't have, they have any game games. Tonight? No, there's no oh. games tonight. It's the All-Star break. Oh my God! What is it? Did you forget about that? I, complete, I keep forgetting about the All Star break, <laughs> listeners. I haven't paid attention to the All Star break since 2015 when they lost the draft because that was my favorite part. Yeah, I just yeah. like seeing the draft. But we'll get into that and why yeah. why we like the draft. Yeah, we'll back. have our complaints about 20 from 2016 to 2023 going on here shortly. But yeah, as you mentioned, the Colorado Avalanche, 67 points. 
They are first in the Central Division and third overall in the NHL. And, of course, I like... Of course, I like two of the players on the Colorado Avalanche, like Nathan McKinnon, Kale McCarr. Those two always light Nathan up the McKinnon, score sheet. Nathan McKinnon, he has been lighting up the score sheet left and right, carrying, he has. practically carrying the Colorado Avalanche. Mm-hmm. Pretty, pretty happy with how he's done so far. And I think they could, they have a chance to not only make it to the Stanley Cup, but to win it. Oh yeah, Colorado is def. The whole entire West is going to be a bloodbath. And also, don't forget about Miko Rantanen. That guy's also been oh lining my, up the score sheet. He's been going crazy left and right. Mm-hmm. He's been doing great, especially he's – oh, my God. I saw him on – he's in one of the teams so far on the All-Star, but we'll get back into him when we yep. get into the rosters. Yep. Not to give any spoilers, but these rosters got pretty crazy towards the end. Yeah, I'm surprised nobody here has mentioned Boston yet because the Boston Bruins, after their massive collapse last year – I touched upon it 65 wins last year and then they ended up blowing a 3-1 series lead to the eventual mm-hmm. eastern conference champion florida panthers everyone had a laugh at the boston bruins but it was also pretty sad because who knows how much we didn't know how much patrice bergeron had left in the tank and he did eventually retire in the offseason now brad marchand's taking over the reins and boston right now hasn't skipped a beat they they're not even first in the league only because of tiebreaker. That's the only thing separating them and another President's Trophy. And, of course, you had David Pasternak line up the score sheet. And don't forget about another goalie duo and one of my favorites, Jeremy Swayman and Linus Allmark. Those two have been keeping shots out for the Boston Bruins. And Boston, I think, had a really hot streak at home during this season because – of Swayman and Allmark. These, the Boston Bruins, while they have choked in the playoffs in the past, they're still one of the best regular season teams in the NHL, and this year proves that. They're still here. I think we're sleeping on David Pasternak. Oh, yeah. He has been left in, he's been working hard on the field. He has slowly made his climb up the Boston Bruins and into the All-Stars. Yep. Which, that's obviously the point of this. That's why we're touching on some of these players, because... When you can get into the All-Star Games and make it in the dra- drafts, not only in that, but he was a high pick. Yeah. He was he was really sought There's after. There's a reason. Yeah, there was a reason why Pasternak was a very high pick. He's third in the NHL in points at 72 points, third in goals at 33, but he's also tied for ninth with assists with 39. David Pasternak has been probably one of the highest scorers has been the highest scorer for the Boston Bruins, and he's one of my favorite players in the league. I, even though I dislike the Bruins and their fan base, I love seeing David Pasternak whenever he's on the ice. But mm-hmm. you can't overlook that the team they lost against in that in that last year's playoffs, the Florida Panthers, they yeah. look like they could go ahead and steal the Eastern Conference Championship. Because they're currently at 66 points, which is fourth in the NHL. They hold a tiebreaker over Dallas. And guys like Sam Reinhart, Matthew Kachuk, Carter Verhage, that team was a, a lot of fun to watch last year. And Sergei Bobrovsky, if he could just if he could just be more consistent with his saves and not turn into playoff Bob, the bad version of it. <laughs> the Florida Panthers definitely look like a team that could steal the trophy from the Boston Bruins again, and I look forward to seeing the Florida Panthers. Since we're talking about um, teams we think will go to the Stanley Cup, um, I just want to kind of add in here, the Metropolitan Division has not proved itself this year no. whatsoever, with their highest scoring team being the Rangers at 63 points with 49 games played. Like, I understand. Can we talk about the Flyers' five-win loss streak? Ugh. Five- and they're still in third in the Metro when this podcast is being recorded. Yeah. The, I can't believe it. Yeah. Now the it looks like all three divisions are feeding off the Metro's energy because now all the playoff, now all the Stanley Cup contenders are outside of that division. I look forward to seeing who comes out of this. It's been the first time in a while that we haven't had someone from the Metro go to the Stanley Cup. But Mm -hmm. you know what? They dug their own grave. They have not not done great this year. It's actually not a very long time considering that Florida is in the Atlantic division. But but the Metro division has been the envy of the league for so long. And now Mm -hmm. it's 
now it's every other division. It's Empire basically. just fell. Yep, it just fell. Speaking of terrible teams, I wanted to, before I add my biggest contender because it's not going to be a surprise to you since we talked about this before the thing. Mm-hmm. Um, the Blackhawks stats for this season have been atrocious. <laughs> Thir- bottom of the league, four four loss streak with thirty points scored in fifty games played. Yeah. I don't know I, about you, but I don't think I they're didn't, going anywhere. I know I didn't add the Tankley Cup playoff contenders in this. That's why I like to call the that's why I like to call the tank bowl in the NHL the Tankley Cup playoffs. But yeah. yeah, even with Connor Bedard, the thing is with Connor Bedard, he's been hurt. They're and Chicago, they're still I think they're still in the middle of their big rebuild because ever since they won three cups in six seasons, it's been downhill. It they it really has and you know what, the Blackhawks they had their fun. It's like the Browns. The Browns had their fun and then they tanked. I mean they're making a comeback, yeah. but we're talking about hockey, not football. Yeah. But I had to bring that up. Like the Blackhawks and the Sharks have not been doing well, which was really surprising mm-hmm. considering I think we had someone on the Sharks, yeah, on one of the All Star teams. But again, we'll touch into that and we'll touch into our biggest snubs and surprises pretty soon. Yeah, we'll I touch. think the Oilers are going to make it to the Stanley Cup. You think the Edmonton Oilers are the biggest contender right now for the Stanley Cup? With their current win streak and how they've been performing at all of their games, I really think they have a high, high chance at making it to the Oil- the Stanley Cup. Oh, well, yeah. they, they're going to have to take over the Canucks for their spot, but mm-hmm. 45 games played, which is one of the lesser teams in the season, with 59 points scored in a win streak of 16. Mm-hmm. Listeners, I'm going to make sure everyone hears this. Win streak of 16 for the Oilers, which is not often done in hockey. I yeah. think they, if they continue on their path, they're going to overtake the Canucks. And you mentioned the Canucks, but there's a, another obstacle that you have to go over, and that's the reigning, defending, undisputed Stanley Cup champion, Vegas Golden Knights. I still think mm-hmm. they are contenders for the Stanley Cup, and that's mainly because of one person. And his name is Aiden Hill. There's a big reason. He's been carrying the Golden Knights on his back. Oh, yeah. The Vegas. Heck, he's the best goalie in the league right now, despite being hurt. Like, he's he's in the top of the league when it comes to goals against average and, and save percentage. Like, Aiden Hill, despite being hurt, he's still one of, if not the best goaltender in the league. He's been a large brick wall for the Golden Knights, and that's one of the big reasons why they ended up winning the Stanley Cup. It was because of Aiden Hill coming in. Yeah. I think yeah. They, they've done pretty well. Their biggest op- You're definitely right with... But the the Golden Knights haven't had the best season in the world. They haven't. They haven't had the best season. They've been doing pretty well these past several years. They've been working really hard. I think this is just a slump season for them. I think they'll yeah. come back right like they, they were last next They can. I mean... If you look at their last ten, they are sick. They have six wins, three losses, and one overtime loss. That's not bad. That's they're not terrible. No. I think they're just take. I think this is a rest season for them because yeah. they have, they have been dominating the league, season after season for a few years now. So I think I think they deserve this break. So I'm not too I'm not too sad about it. Yeah. What I'm a little confused on is the Vancouver Canucks becoming villains overnight. I never they, saw that coming. The villain origin story is here. They were sick of being trashed on for years if upon years, and they have come back with being the top of the Pacific one, Division with 71 points. Yeah, 54 years without a Stanley Cup will do that to you. Exactly. But, yeah, I if you told me that the Vancouver Canucks would be the top team in the league going into the All-Star break, I would be asking you for Powerball numbers because I did not see that coming this is at p- all. What I thought was going to be pure luck ended up being just pure power of will and pretty hard work on their part. They have been carried, and they are, I'm pretty sure, they could win this Stanley Cup easy. This is like when a guy breaks up with a girl and hits the gym for 10 years and comes back looking like The Rock. This is that origin Mm -hmm. story, and I am so amazed by seeing how this went. Here's Here's the cycle with the Vancouver Canucks. 1994... They ended up losing in seven games in the Stanley Cup Final to the New York Rangers. They rioted, ended up with 10 years of mediocrity. Then they came back, and in 2011, they made it to the Stanley Cup Final. They lost in seven games to Boston. They rioted, 
ended up with 10 years of mediocrity, yep. and now they're back, and hopefully the third time is the charm for them. And I, we don't lose the Vancouver skyline. I like it, though. Oh, yeah. I, I'd rather Vancouver, not lose another building. Yeah, you don't want to lose another building, especially BC Place. That stadium looks beautiful. But, of course, speaking of the Canucks, there were some there was some breaking news coming out of the NHL. I think it was last night. I think it was yesterday, I think it was. But Elias Lindholm, uh. one of, who used to be one of the best players from the Calgary Flames, is packing his bags and going from Alberta to British Columbia to play for the Vancouver Canucks. And, it caught, and Calgary picks up prospects by the names of Andre Kuzmenko, Hunter Brustevich, Yoni Yermo, a 2024 first-round pick, and a 2024th conditional fourth-round pick. So I want to hear your thoughts. What was it, was it too much for Elias Lindholm, or do you think it's going to be worth the price? I don't think it's worth the price at all. He's a good player, but not compared to a lot of the players on the Vancouver Canucks, especially with the season they're having. I think this could really break them by also trading. I don't remember. How much did it cost? To, how much are they paying him? Oh, uh, I don't know Elias Lindholm's contract, but all I know is that this is a pretty steep bill to get just to get Elias Lindholm. And then you remember, oh wait, there's a former Penguins general manager at the helm with Jim Rutherford. He's been known to bury teams after they've had a very good season. Yep. You saw I that in they're... Carolina, you saw that with Pittsburgh, and it looks like he's about to do the same thing to Vancouver. I'm like, do not ruin this team like you did in past years, Jim Rutherford. And Vancouver can't take it. The no, city of Vancouver can't. cannot take this again. No, they can't. Because, yeah, it sh- just shows that Vancouver Canucks are going to do whatever they can to try to get to the Stanley Cup and not fall one game short again. But the problem is, Elias Lindholm, we, touch- we touched upon it, he's not having – a good year it's he's in the middle of one of his worst years in his career like he's projected to have 15 goals this season Mm -hmm. like he has like nine goals going into the all-star break that's not very good especially for him being on an all-star team you yeah that's another surprise now i can understand but hey you never know maybe a change in scenery is needed for some of these players but those prospects that they gave up especially brustevich he's He's currently on the Kitchener Rangers in the Ontario Hockey League. He has 69 points, which is third in the OHL, and 61 of those are assists, and that leads the league. This is a huge, huge bill, especially Kuzmenko, who looked very, very good and promising with Vancouver. And, of course, Hunter Brustevich, we touched upon him, doing very well. Yoni Yermo is not – Yoni Yermo is one of the – greater prospects and that people have seen and a lot of people are going to say it's a massive overpay but then again this is the nhl i've been shocked before i'm sure we're going to be shocked this again been a really shocking season casey and i'm pretty impressed with how this has gone so far and that's why there are so many possible contenders for the uh, stanley cup i almost i almost called it the all-star break there's so <laughs> the many all-star break that's what we're about to talk about forget about so- yeah, forget about Stanley Cup playoffs. We're going to the All-Star playoffs, man. But, yeah, let's get to the All-Star break right now. Because the 2024 All-Star game is in Toronto this year at Scotiabank Arena. It's going on right now. At the time of this recording, there is a skills competition going on right now. It's going to be on at 7 o'clock. I think it's going to be on Sportsnet in Canada. And I think it's going to be on... One of the ESPN channels, either ESPN or ESPN2 here in the States. But I want to go over what do we think were the biggest all-star snubs and surprises. We're not going to go over all the teams because this episode would be three hours long. But just the biggest snubs that caught your eye. The biggest snub that caught my eye was Dylan Larkin from the Detroit Red Wings. He's had an amazing season this year. He's been doing really well, and I was ready to watch him get picked. When I was, I didn't get to watch it live. I don't think Casey did either. No. So I watched the rerun of it when I was able to. And I was waiting for Dylan Larkin's name to be called. And then it ends. And I'm like, where is he? <laughs> did I miss it? 
So I have to go back and look, and I realize he wasn't picked. Wait, who was the Red Wings representative? Oh, my God. I forget his name. Let me... Red, yeah, we got to find out who the Red Wings representative is. I'm bad with the... I'm specifically bad Let's with those see. names. But It's Alex Debrinkit. I was really shocked to see Dylan Larkin was not picked. And when I was looking at the some hockey news online, like especially ESPN, a lot of people are surprised as well. Yeah. And that brings me... We had mentioned this name earlier, Miko mm. Rantanen. Uh, yep, that's one that of the was names the on my list. Biggest snub I think we could have possibly had in the biggest all-star draft. Top 10 in points, goals and assists. He has 66 points, 27 goals, and 39 assists. And he's one of the top producers on the Colorado Avalanche. How? Just how especially did he with, not get picked? Especially with Nathan McKinnon as Team McKinnon. Yeah, I Nathan was, McKinnon. He should have at least been picked for the All Star vote. He should. I. I know. I was. That's yeah, because we you the weren't draft. gonna. I know you weren't gonna beat Nathan McKinnon. That was a given. Mm-hmm. But you you couldn't get any votes in the All Star votes. Like something's guys, gotta be happening behind hockey the fans. Like, is it the hockey fans that are voting, or is it the NHL rigging the votes? Which one is it? Because how do hockey fans not see Miko Rantanen and let the guy play? But, yeah, I touched a – I haven't gotten to my snubs yet. Of course, I had Aiden Hill. I think I did mention mm-hmm. before that he was hurt, but he was slated to return before the All-Star break. But I kind of su- understand why he wasn't yeah, picked, though. I know he wasn't picked, but uh, it's just sad to see Aiden Hill not be there. But one pick that I have – and. This is going to be the Pens fan coming out of me, but Jake Getzel. He's the second on the team in points. He's behind. He only lost to Crosby by one point. I think Crosby had 50 points and Getzel had 49. You can check me on that. But how did Jake Getzel at least? I knew Crosby was going to be the representative. So I was right on that, 15-49. But I knew Crosby was going to get picked. Nobody in this room or anyone listening could doubt that. But how did Jake Getzel not get any votes during the All-Star vote? Like, I, I, will, tell you. I will confess, I didn't vote. But if I did and had plenty of time, I would have used all my votes on Jake Getzel. Because that's how talented he is. Do you have any more snubs that you want to talk about? Uh, before no. Before we get into the big surprises? I mainly, had th- I mainly had three, and I'm sure I think you had a couple I had two. Well. Yeah. Yeah, I had Miko Rantanen and Dylan Larkin. Mm-hmm. Big surprise there. But I want to talk about our biggest surprise who was on there, mm-hmm. Ohio's very own Boone. That is the first one on my list as well. Because Boone Jenner, I like the guy. But when Adam Fantilli is leading, is fourth among rookies in points at 27, mm-hmm. how did that guy not get picked? Like, have the blue. I know a lot of Blue Jackets fans go to – Go to Nationwide Arena, even though the team is abysmal right now. How do you not see Adam Fantilli and say, hmm, maybe we should send him to Toronto for All-Stars? Like, how do you not see that? I'm surprised that even a Columbus Blue Jacket was picked in the first place. I mean, you got to have – I mean, this is the NHL. They're going to have representatives from all 32 teams, basically. Mm -hmm. That's how they had it drawn out. But I get Boone Jenner as the captain. He's a very, very good player. But Adam Fantilli – I'm sure he's going to get his time as well. He, he's he got to. But I'm just surprised, especially with the Blue Jackets being, one I think, third lowest in – It's they're tied for four, third lowest in the conference. <sighs> I'm surprised that a Blue Jacket even made it onto the All-Stars. Because mm. I, know, I know the team doesn't con- – the team doesn't make the players. The players make the team. But I'm still surprised with their current record and how they've been playing that someone was even yeah, picked. Yeah, the – yeah. Unfortunately, Gary Bettman believes in fairness, and he wants at least one representative from all 32 teams. So I can kind of see where he's going. But that kind of leaves out some people as well. And one surprise that I have is from the Washington Capitals, Mr. Renfrey himself, Tom Wilson. Because I get that this is his first All-Star. Like, congrats to him. But especially when you have a player like... OV on your roster. I get that he hasn't been the high score that he usually has, but Dylan Strom is your leading scorer on the Capitals. Like, 
how do you not pick him mm-hmm. over Tom Wilson? Like, I, I, I just don't know. And that's, that's the big thing with the draft is that it definitely makes teams more fair, but we'll get into that in a minute. Yeah. And the and one other surprise that I had, yeah, we mentioned his name before, Elias Lindholm. With everything that's going on, I can't believe that he's even in the All-Star right now. Mm-hmm. With his big trade, how he's had pretty bad seasons so far. Technically, before the trade, he was the Calgary Flames representative. But now, but he hasn't had a very good season. He's at 32 points in 49 games, which isn't his usual self. Especially when you had a guy like Blake Coleman on your roster, who has 40-20-20 vision, 40 points, 20 goals, 20 assists. Your leading scorer and you don't pick Blake Coleman? Like, Mm -hmm. that guy was on... That guy's been producing for your team when Elias Lindholm was not. Like, how do you not pick him? Do you like the draft, though? Yeah, I do like the draft because when back during 2016 through 2023 when they did divisions, and I mentioned before that the Metro division was the envy of the league. Mm-hmm. Like, it was all lopsided. Like, nine times out of ten, the winners of the all-star game was mainly going to come out of the Eastern conference because the Metro division had so much talent. And now it's kind of dissipated a bit with some going to the Atlantic and especially with some going over to the Pacific division going over. But Mm -hmm. I kind of like this all-star player draft because now instead of your team sucking by default, now it's the captain's fault, the guy who picks the teams, that if your team doesn't perform, that's kind of on you, buddy. I I like the draft. It's like picking dodgeball when you're a kid in gym class. Yeah. And this is exactly what the draft is. And it makes the teams more fair because you're forced to pick someone that – later on, you're forced to pick someone that you may not want on your team. And mm-hmm. you're forced to pick that and deal with it and make it work. And that's why – the draft is so important for these games, like the NFL draft, the NHL draft for the All-Star. Mm-hmm. It is important to give these teams some balance and give all the players a shot. Yep. It's like, I got I got to say, Vincent Trocek of the New York Rangers was one of those last kids. Ugh, poor guy. He was one of those last kids. He, he hasn't been himself this season, I've noticed. Yeah. I, I hope he gets better, but... I'm really happy the draft is back. I haven't watched the All-Star game since the draft dissipated because it just didn't make the games fun. Mm-hmm. And then, obviously, he said the Eastern Conference kind of dominated the competition, yeah. the Metropolitan Division, with making a couple big trades in that time that kind of ruined it. Mm-hmm. Yeah, but yeah. So, the All-Star draft, it was in a snake format, kind of like in your fantasy football league or mm-hmm. all your other leagues. Once we get into the teams, which will be in just a couple seconds here, um, I'm also going to just kind of put on their position like 7th overall, 18th, as well as their teams. So you kind of get a balance of what divisions are these people from on each team to make up the team that they're given. Okay, and it was Team Hughes that had the first pick. Team Hughes had the first followed pick. By, followed by Matthews, McKinnon, and then McDavid. And then it was reverse order, kind of like a snake draft. So, for the first pick, I have it in order. For Team Hughes, the first one was the lean scorer in the NHL, Nikita Kucherov from the mm-hmm. Tampa Bay Lightning. And you kind of saw it. The lean, as I mentioned, the lean scorer in the NHL right now. For Team Matthews, he, it basically turned into the Toronto Maple Leafs with William Nylander. And then for Team McKinnon, it was Sidney Crosby, Captain of the Pittsburgh Penguins at third overall. And then Team McDavid had the last pick, and he had, and he p- went and picked up one of the best goaltenders in the league right now in Connor Hellbuck from Winnipeg. And then we're not going to go over each round. Let's go ahead and go over the rosters of each team. All right. Thank you, Casey. I'm going to start with Team Matthews. Obviously, we have Austin Matthews as the captain of, from the Toronto Maple Leafs. Morgan Riley as assistant captain from the Toronto Maple Leafs. As said, William Nylander, second overall in the, in the NHL, Toronto Maple Leafs. Mitch Marner, seventh overall, again, Toronto Maple Leafs. Yep. Jake Ottinger. Jake o- Ottinger. Ottinger, thank you. Mm-hmm. Tenth overall from the Dallas Stars. Clayton Keller, 15th overall from the Arizona Coyotes. Pretty good. They had a pretty good game last 
last year. I'm pretty last proud of them. Last year? Yeah, like December time. Oh, yeah, that's right. They had a pretty good game. They had yeah. they scored eight. It's, it's still within the season. It was just last year. Yeah. I, I always forget. It's now February. Yep. Then we go into May, Ma, Matthew Barzal, 18th overall from the New York Islanders. Igor Shesterkin. Igor Shesterkin. Thank you. I've mm-hmm. always, I always trip up with some of these names. Yeah, don't if worry. I, I hope none of the players ever listen to me butcher them. Nah, He's 23rd worry. overall with translator. the New York Rangers. Philip Forsberg, 26 overall with the Nashville Predators. Alex DeBrincat, 31st overall with the Detroit Red Wings. And Vincent Trotek of the New York Rangers. Their celebrity captain is Justin Bieber, which I'm not really sure what the celebrity captains do, but we'll get into that once we're done I with think the rosters. I think they're just popular figures in yeah. Canada as all, well, basically. Yeah, they're all Canadian, which is kind of ironic considering it's hockey. Mm-hmm. Pretty funny. Yeah. Now we're going into Team McDavid. Connor McDavid, captain of the Edmonton Oilers. Pretty happy with that myself. Leon Dressettel, assistant captain of the Edmonton Oilers. Connor Hellebuck, fourth overall of the Winnipeg Jets. David Pasternak. Pasternak? David Pasternak. Pasternak. I was confused my vowels. <laughs> Fifth overall of the Boston Bruins, Rasmus Dahlin. Twelfth overall of the Buffalo Sabres, Robert Thomas. Thirteenth overall of the St. Louis Blues. Sam Reinhardt, 20th overall of the Florida Panthers. Sergei Bobrovsky. Bobrovsky. There we go. Yep, 21st overall of the Florida Panthers. Boone Jenner, 28th overall of the Columbus Blue Jackets. Nick Suzuki, 29th overall of the Montreal Canadiens. And then... Thomas Hurdle. Yeah, of the Tomorrow. San Jose Sharks, which I'm pretty shocked that the Sharks were picked. I mean, we have to have the again, representative. Again, all 32 teams, 32 one representative. Teams. Thomas Hurdle is pretty good with the Sharks, though. I'm, he is. I, I hope he gets traded to a team that he more meshes well with. He's a good mm-hmm. player by himself. I just don't think he meshes with the team. Yeah. And then my favorite celebrity captain, we have Will Arnett, Lego Batman himself. Le- he's the Lego Masters host. I'm pretty happy that he's the team cat, the celebrity captain, not team. And according to him, he was on the Max Zayner. Not, not the actual person himself, but the clone. Of Will Arnett. Yep, the clone of Will Arnett himself. He has mastered cloning just to put himself on the mass singer <laughs> and him in the audience. All right, let's get into Team McKinnon. Nathan McKinnon of Colorado Avalanche. Kale McCarr of Colorado Avalanche. Sidney Crosby of the Pittsburgh Penguins. Bet Woo-hoo. you're happy about that one. Woohoo! Alexander Georgiev of the Colorado Avalanche. Alexander Georgiev. Georgiev. Mm-hmm. Thank you. No problem. Kirill Kaprizov. Kaprizov. Kaprizov of Minnesota Wild. Sebastian Ajo. Of the Carolina Hurricanes. Why did I say California? Tom Wilson of the Washington Capitals. Jeremy Swayman of the Boston Bruins. Travis Kokanee of the Philadelphia Flyers. Mm. Elias Lindholm of the Calgary Flames. Now the Vancouver Canucks. At the time of writing this roster, he was still the Calgary Flame. Mm-hmm. Oliver Bjorkstrand Strand of the Seattle Krakens. Yep, Oliver Bjorkstrand. And their celebrity captain is singer-songwriter Tate McGray. Never heard of her. I think she's got some pretty good music. She's okay. she's pretty popular. I'll be sure to listen to her after this. Yeah, I'll, I'll give you a couple songs to listen to. Sure. All right, Team Hughes. We have Quinn Hughes of the Vancouver Canucks. We also have Jack Hughes. He was a co-captain. He's unable to play, but he did participate in the picking. Yep. It was like the one kid, for some reason, had their leg broken and still was the team captain. He's just loved. <laughs> He's, it's that one scene from Megamind. Not basically. Megamind. <laughs> <laughs> Elias Pedersen of the Vancouver Canucks. Nikita Kucherov, first overall from the Tampa Bay Lightning. Thatcher Demko, eighth overall of the Vancouver Canucks. Kyle Connor, ninth overall of the Winnipeg Jets. Brady Tkachuk. Brady, Brady Kachuk. Kachuk. I always forget the T silent there. Of the <laughs> Ottawa Senators. Jesper Bratt, 17th overall, New Jersey Devils. Cam Talbot, 24th overall, the Los Angeles Kings. Brock Bozer, 25th overall, the Vancouver Canucks. JT Miller, 32nd overall of the Vancouver Canucks, and Frank Vetrano of the Anaheim Ducks. And their celebrity captain is Michael Bublé. So mm. now that we've got our rosters, who do you think is going to win? Ooh, yeah, that, I had a very difficult time picking. I had a very difficult time picking out which teams looked better because each of them are, have a most in some sort. For for Team Hughes, he had the most combined goals, assists, and points this season. For Team Matthews, he had the most career goals in a three-on-three overtime format. For Team McKinnon, you had the most combined career goals, assists, and points. 
And for Team McDavid, you have the most experience out of mm-hmm. all the four teams. But I want to hear your prediction first. Who do you think? I'm rooting for Team McKinnon. They have a very well-rounded team. While they didn't pick anyone who was top in the NHL, I think they're the underdogs in this scenario, and I think they have a pretty good chance at winning. Sidney Crosby of the Pittsburgh Penguins, you know, the captain. Of course. Even though the Penguins haven't had a very good season, I think Sidney Crosby's been playing pretty mm-hmm. well. We got a lot of good. We got a lot of good players. Um, Elias Lindholm. Hopefully, the change in scenery gives him something. Gives him the kick he needs to get back into the game. Um, I'm just happy Seattle Krakens are in there. Big Krakens fan. Mm. I really think Team McKinnon has a good chance at winning, especially with the Colorado Avalanche doing as well as they are right now. Yeah. And they have Jeremy Swayman of the Boston Bruins. Yep. Yeah. I predicted a different team to win it, actually. Mm-hmm. And I'm going with Team McDavid. Like, you can't overlook this. You can't overlook this team because you got Connor McDavid and Leon Dreisaitl. Those two are going to lead this team and they have a lot of talent especially with Mm -hmm. david posternock rasmus dalin one of the best defensemen in the league from the sabers and then you got sam reinhardt who's been filling up the score sheet for the panthers and then the you have the goalie duo of connor hellebuck and sergey bobrovsky i think those two will definitely do good in between the pipes even though the all-star game is usually the highest scoring contest in all the nhl but I do think that Team McDavid definitely has the upper hand when it comes to, like, big names and off star the, power. Off the air, I was telling him I think they should just be handed the win because they have Will Arnett as their celebrity captain. <laughs> it's just Will Arnett. I think, he, I think he deserves it. You can say that he – I wish I could see him on the ice. It would be fun if the <laughs> celebrity captains got onto the ice with the players mm. and helped out. Even though I think Justin yeah. Bieber would get run over. Yeah, Justin Bieber, Will Arnett, Tay McRae, and Michael Bublé in a in a line brawl. Hello. I would. That would be hilarious. Will Arnett would win. He's just he's like Snoop Dogg. He's just crossing stuff off his list. He's doing all the side quests, guys. <laughs> but our two picks will be going up against each other in one of the semifinal games: Mc, Team McKinnon versus Team McDavid, and then the other semifinal will consist of Team Hughes versus Team Matthews. Game one will be starting on Saturday at 3 o'clock Eastern time on the networks of ABC and ESPN+. But before we go ahead and head out, we got a, there was a huge story that just came out today at the time of this recording. The NHL, Gary Bettman, has announced that the National Hockey League will be returning to the Olympics for the, tw- for the 20. 20- fifth edition of the Olympic Winter Games in Milano Cortina, Italy in 2026. And as I well as can't wait. Mm-hmm, and as well as the 2030 Winter Olympics, that host city will be determined before the Paris Summer Olympic Games on January on July 23rd. I don't know why I said January. We're way past January at this point. But what are your thoughts on the NHL going back to the Olympics? I think this was really an ice sport that we needed to see. I think we were talking about um, Russia. I don't think is still allowed in the Olympics, but no, they'll not. probably just represent the committee. Let's be real. That's what they've done in, during Beijing in 2022. Mm-hmm. They just took all the Russian athletes and they just plastered the – I think they just combined Russia with the International Olympic Committee. That's basically yeah all to they give did. these athletes still a chance to participate yeah. and win for their win for themselves, not the country. Yeah, with the mess um, that's going on in Russia mm-hmm. right now, yeah, like the athletes, the athletes didn't deserve this punishment. They still deserve a chance to go out there and represent themselves. It's more you're not just representing the country; you're representing yourself as well in front of the world. And I'm excited to see it. I love. I only watch the Winter Olympics for the ice sports, which is yes. let's be honest. Practically everything about the Winter Olympics. Oh yeah, the winter. Yeah, the Winter Olympics are usually pretty good. I include it's, the sledding in that. Yeah, in the sledding, but I've also been watching curling as of late. I've gone into watching curling. Curling. Yeah. That's the one with the brooms where they start yep, screaming the one at in brooms the, in a puck. Yep, yeah, the that's one always in the brooms. Yeah, that's very entertaining. But the one big thing that I like to watch when the Winter Olympics come on is the hockey tournament. Um, it's one of the biggest draws in the Olympics, and a lot of people tended to ignore the Beijing 2022 Olympics because 
they didn't get a chance to see one of the biggest, brightest stars in hockey. And that's mm-hmm. what we're going to see in Milano Cortina in 2026. 20, and I'm excited to see stars like Sidney Crosby, Alex Ovechkin, and Austin Matthews. Because Sidney Crosby, Team Canada, Alex Ovechkin, Team IOC slash Russia, and Austin Matthews, hopefully for Team USA. I hope they get to see them take the ice. And it's nice to see that Gary Bettman has gained some guts and actually let hockey's biggest stars take on one of the biggest stages in the world. And I cannot wait for 2026 when these guys come back. Put it in your calendar, guys. I know I will. Yep, mark it in your calendar. Four years' time. Or two, two years', years time. time. Two years' time. We I only keep got forgetting. two more years, and then we have the Thank biggest goodness. stars in hockey pl- playing in the World Olympics. I cannot wait. So that's going to do it for this edition of Hockey Talk. So, Corey, how do you think your first episode went? I'm pretty, I'm pretty happy about it. I think we got a lot covered. Um, especially with the All-Star Games. I'm glad we got to talk about the Olympics. I'm glad I got to rant about Dylan Larkin. I'm a little upset about that still. I'm uh, going to be Dylan upset about Larkin, that for a while. Dylan Larkin, one of my favorite players. I, I'm so sad that he didn't go. Same with Miko Rantanen. It's mm. really nice to get to rant about just on a podcast other people can enjoy. I'm just glad I finally got Hockey Talk back on these airways because we haven't been on since June of last year because mm-hmm. we've been trying to get a season preview with Patrick Weber, but – we just didn't have the time because he's dealing with some Greek stuff and his for and his fertility or sorority. I'm not sure how to say it. Fraternity. Fraternity. Thank you. Yeah, they got fraternity and sorority are both Greek words, yeah. so they have really mm. odd spellings and pronunciations. Yeah, thank you. But it's very nice to fit in hockey talk, and we finally get to bring hockey talk back from the dead, and back on the airwaves and we have another new member i'm sure which i would like to get on for this next edition of hockey talk because i think the trade deadline is coming Mm -hmm. up real real soon i definitely want to get an episode on that and then we'll have to get in an episode to recap the all-star break yes pretty soon because i think there's gonna be a lot of surprises from this Mm -hmm. and this and especially for the Stanley Cup playoffs coming coming soon. It's in mid-April. It's right around the corner. Yep, but we that, got some big stuff in the works, guys. Oh, yeah, definitely. But that's going to do it for us for Sports Power Talk Overtime, an edition of Hockey Talk. Be sure to follow us on X at WZIP Sports and tune in on Sunday from 11 a.m. to 1 p.m. on 88.1 for Sports Power Talk, and then be sure to check out our podcast, SBT Rewind and SBT Overtime, on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, or wherever you get your podcasts, with new uploads at any given day. So it should be a lot of fun. But for this edition of Sports Power Talk Overtime Hockey Talk, I was joined with... Corey Bond. My name is Casey Rush, and be sure to be on the lookout for future episodes here on 88.1 WZIP. 